Welcome to the Hologram Media Club. I'm Will. Nerd! And I'm Gavin. God, what a dork. We're a book club for the 21st century. The newest wonder of the 21st century. We'll focus on sci-fi, fantasy, and speculative fiction audiobooks. Books are for squares. But we'll get into all sorts of geeky stuff. It's dorky. I'm aware that it's dorky. Each episode, we'll discuss a book, then recommend a new book to discuss on the next episode. Talk to us on any social media, or even better, join us on an episode and share your thoughts. With the nerds and the geeks? Welcome back to another episode of the Holograms Media Club. This is a very special episode for you ladies and gentlemen tonight. And we're coming at you live with uh, episode 11 here. And we're in the double digits, so we're coming full-fledged, and we're trying to stay uh, up with a two-week schedule here. So we're doing our best, and hopefully you guys are appreciative of our uh, (laughs) full-fledgedness. But anyway, I am Will. (laughs) And I'm Gavin. And we welcome you. So, yeah, we... um, in preparation for tonight's episode, we sent out some uh, question or a question on our socials, just asking everybody else to ask us questions uh, in regards to you know anything that was on your mind. Uh, what's your favorite color? How old are you? What's what did you have for lunch today? <laughs> so That's right, you know yeah. we got some good questions from people, and definitely encourage anybody out there listening to send us questions for sure and. Also, make sure to leave us a review if you like what you hear, or if you don't like it, definitely let us know what we should improve on. So, yeah, totally. I just want feedback. I don't care if it's positive or negative. <laughs> I just want—I want acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. We want to know someone's out there. <laughs> so, I want to know that I'm not just reing into the void. <laughs> but we're having fun, though. That's—I mean—that's what's mainly important. Oh no, totally, absolutely. That's and and also that's the main. I reason. think I'm also like getting a really good new books in my uh repertoire for sure i would say it's it's really nice sure. getting to hear your thoughts on books that i love also so it's it's a kind of give yeah, and take no, for sure well in 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 tv shows and movies too right like the martian chronicles tv show i'd have never mm-hmm. watched that ever if it wasn't for this and i wouldn't have watched the incredible shrinking man movie or Discworld. Or maybe i would have but i doubt it or yeah. Discworld, yeah Discworld's would have never man. known anything That's about that i mean with sean astin yeah <laughs> But the book, the yeah, series, right. you know, yeah. I'm I'm in book uh, eight right now. I just finished Pyramids, so nice. that's that where awesome. I'm at. Just to update anybody else, that's we we uh, reviewed that's books cool. one and two in episode nine. So if you guys mm-hmm. are interested in a really fun fantasy that spans over forty books, check out yep. that episode and check out Discworld. So. For sure. But uh, on to, I guess, what we're here for tonight uh, is more so some question and answers with this very special episode. And uh, Very special episode. We got some questions that were submitted from Aaron, who you guys might have heard on the peripheral episode where we reviewed mm-hmm. the book by William Gibson. And also uh, your wife, Alice, and friend, uh-huh. uh, Sarah. So I don't know Sarah. if you yeah. want to start us off with some of their questions. Yeah, I'll start off the easy questions and we'll go harder. <laughs> uh, we start off with Sarah's question. Sarah P. asks, what is your podcast? So I'm going to refer you to our zeroth episode <laughs> in which we go into great detail. And also, 
any of the openings from I think our first six or possibly seven episodes explains the origin of our podcast mm-hmm. in the opening. So just just go listen to that, Sarah. Thank you for your well thought out and very difficult to word question. <laughs> There's your answer. Thank you. That's an easy one. Uh, Alice, <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Good question. Uh, Alice asked us a question. Um, she types in, I have a question. If you could meet any character from fiction, which Womble would it be? Which Womble? Now, this is, which Womble <laughs> would it be? Uh, I don't know the Wombles. I do know that Alice is asking this because it's a uh, reference to a TV show that she loves and I like. It's called Vicar Dibley. It's an English show. The Wombles are an English kids show. Mm-hmm. They're um, puppets. And on this show, Vicar of Dibley, there's a character also named Alice, no relation, <laughs> um, who is obsessed with the Wombles and is convinced that everybody loves the Wombles as much as she does. Um <laughs> They don't, but she really deeply in her heart really loves the Wombles. Um, she yearns for them. <laughs> so that was, that's right. Yeah. So Alice was actually just throwing me a question to be silly um, and just sort of reference something between the two of us. I went ahead and just brought it in because of that. But I can connect this question to Bob DeBuilder in six degrees or less. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we're just going to get this. We're going to get this out of the way really early. Uh, I was a little worried that I wasn't going to be able to do a six degrees to Bob the Builder on a and a episode. But there is my wife coming through. Damn for it. Me. Didn't even mean uh, to. you'll be damned uh, if you can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Now I like the pressure's on to do it every episode, mm-hmm. no matter what. I heard about the six degrees of. So The Vicar of Dibley is a show that stars Dawn French. Mm-hmm. Uh, regular listeners will probably recognize her name, and she was a part of the comedy duo French and Saunders. But she was also married to Lenny mm-hmm. Henry. Okay. Listeners will recognize Lenny Henry's name because he helped Neil Gaiman come up with Neverwhere, or encouraged him at any rate. But he was also on a show called Chef. Now we're getting into some familiar territory. People that listen to the peripheral will recognize the name Lorelai King, Lorelai King, who was the narrator for Peripheral, but she was also on Chef. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she was Wendy on Bob the Builder. Dude, I think you did it in five. So, so yeah, that's so we've we've done it yet again. We've gotten to what? you did it in five steps, I believe. <laughs> that's a I did well. We did Don French uh, to Lenny Henry to Laura Like King. That's three. <laughs> oh, I was counting along. I must have heard more names or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, yeah, well, I threw Jennifer Saunders in there. But yeah, no, we go straight from Don French, uh, straight to Lenny Henry, straight to Laura Like King, which is Wendy. So three. I've done it. Very impressive. So those are the easy questions. Although we can turn Alice's question into an interesting question. If you could be, if you could meet any character from fiction, which would it be? We could take the Womble part out and turn it into a, not that the Womble question isn't interesting, but (laughs) possibly more relevant question. For any If you could meet somebody from, let's say, let's say just the books that we've read. Oh, wow. In this series, let's narrow it down rather than all of fiction. Let's just say in the books that we've read for this series, which character would you like to sit down and maybe have a conversation? That with? is extremely interesting. I was originally going to say possibly Yoda <laughs> could have been a really cool. <laughs> he just seems so inspirational right. and it would be really awesome to 
like lay eyes yeah. on him in real yeah, life. That would be cool. I could see that. Uh, I think I'd yell at him for talking about this. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd have a whole conversation with him where I tried talking like him and we're both just talking like in Yoda. Have you heard the have you heard the theory on why he talks like that? Mm-mm. Because he's he's eight hundred years old and he's so old that that's the way language used to be. Huh. And it's basically an accent that he can't shake because that's how language was. And then language changed around Yoda. Interesting that and is. And that's why he talks the way he does. Yeah. Right. right. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. That's cool. That that's it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I could see it. Makes sense for the lore. So. I'm looking through our list of books here though, for people that I would want to meet. Definitely not Scott from the Shrinking Man. Ooh, I think no. <laughs> just quickly looking through our books. I don't know that I'd want to meet too many people from them, <laughs> to be honest, but I think um, <laughs> possibly two flowers from Discworld, <laughs> I think, would be a really fun one. Just Maybe. because if he's so positive all of the time and clueless, yeah. it just seems like a, he'd be kind of a fun sidekick. <laughs> he would be He would be fun. Or to hang death out. could that be pretty true. cool. Uh, although yeah. I guess you don't yeah, really ever want to meet character. death, do you? Not, not really. I, you get to <laughs> once. I'm not in a rush to do that. <laughs> huh? Who would you? Are you? Who would you want to meet from our I, our list? I'm not sure. Uh, I think after a year or so after Krampus, Jesse would probably be really fun to hang out with. If I could cool. pick the time a little bit, I think hanging out with Jesse. Krampus? Year or so after, a year or so after Krampus. I think I'd really like to meet Krampus, <laughs> but I'm not positive I want to meet Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> On good terms. It worked out It worked out well for very few people that met Krampus. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? Like most people, even his friends and allies, it didn't turn out too good for End up serving him for centuries. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? Um I think the Marquis de Carabas is the one that mm. I would want to meet. That's very interesting. I think that, I think just to sit down and talk and just hear him tell stories, I think would be just hear some of his adventures. I think that would be, I think that would and be. And to fun. do it while walking through the underground. <laughs> that yeah. would be sweet. Or, or not. <laughs> Maybe not be trapped in the underground. Well, if he was like your but... guide, he's taking you around, showing you sights and. Right. Yeah, if you could talk him into doing that such a thing, neat. that yeah. would be. But I think I think it would be fun to talk to the character, the Marquis de Cabras, and just hear some stories from him and some adventures that he'd had. I think that would be probably a lot of bullshit too. Probably a lot of made up stories, <laughs> but I think they would be entertaining at the at the very least. I think they'd be really entertaining. So that's nice. I like that. I think that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's a cool answer. I think. Huh. Yeah, I think. And so what? I guess moving on to another question we have from Aaron, who you guys might have heard in the peripheral episode that we reviewed. Uh, But he asks, uh, what's the book that made you a sci-fi fan? He asked some really good fucking questions. He did. He he really asked some really good questions, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They made me really think and... I know. I wasn't ready for thinking. I was ready for more like stupid yeah. questions like Sarah's. <laughs> I read these questions. I was like, oh, man, these could be hours of conversation here. <laughs> They're I hours know, of conversation right? yeah. in my brain. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what is the 
the book that made you a sci-fi fan and how old were you when you read it? I don't know that I have a specific book that turned me into a sci-fi fan. I think that I think that there was probably a couple of short stories we were assigned in school. There was one um Oh god, there was one about the lottery. I think it was actually called the lottery. <laughs> um that was I'd have to look it up. It was just a weird, creepy little short story book that we were given in English. It was probably fifth or sixth grade. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that time frame, there was a couple of others. Uh, There was one about a place where it rained all the time, I think, and the sun came out, but nobody believed it was going to happen. And then it finally did, and it kind of drove everybody nuts, except for this one person that sort of believed it. This is all very vague memory. I mean, we're talking like sixth grade stuff here. Yeah. Um, so I think that, but that was also probably the time when I was starting to watch like the Twilight Zone and get introduced into maybe not sci-fi, but paranormal weirdness. And I think that whole thing is probably what really started it. Um. It's really interesting that you say that. I can't yeah. remember like the first. I can't remember like the first sci-fi book I read. I can't really remember. That's what I was trying to do. Think back to school projects, yeah. just like you were saying. Like what a lot of the popular school books that you hear, like the Handmaid's Tale, is one by Margaret Atwood yeah. that a lot of people have to read. But I never had to read it in school. Yeah, I never read that. I haven't actually. I haven't read it yet either. Um, Me neither. It's actually it's a pretty good show on Hulu. Very dystopian society. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard really positive things. Well, yeah, positive mm-hmm. things about it. Um, about a negative thing. But, yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, but yeah, I can't think of like a specific book. I can remember early. I can remember reading Ray Bradbury, some of his stuff, and I can remember reading some Isaac Asimov, and I can remember reading. You know, all the stuff you're supposed to read when you're a sci-fi dork. I can remember reading Douglas Adams. I can remember reading all mm-hmm. that stuff. But I don't remember the first one that was just like, oh, shit, this is it. I just, I think it was more of a slow burn. And The Twilight Zone had a lot to do with it. Outer Limits had a lot to yeah. do with it. Um, Star Trek probably had a lot to do with it. You know, certainly Star Wars had a lot to do with it. I think it was more of a slow introduction into the the genre and the other genres that go with it horror and fantasy and stuff like that i think for like you say though it makes sense because like when you're younger you know you might not even be as into reading books or you might be more into like the comic scene or just movies and stuff so for me i was trying to think too and i was like Mm -hmm. all a lot of my sci-fi like first memories were coming back to movies and tv shows as well where i was like you know Mm -hmm. I was trying to think what book did I ever have to read that was sci-fi and a lot of them weren't really sci-fi books that were given to us in school and stuff like that. And I didn't get into reading until a little bit later, like seventh, eighth grade and stuff. So for sure was watching Star Wars and, you know, some Star Trek uh, before that. And then, Mm. yeah, I think if it was going to pin mine down to a book, it would be Ender's Game. I can remember Uh, my older brother who was also, I think I told the story about how he would read Lord of the Rings in that big leather bound red book in front of the fire and stuff in the winter. Uh And 
the white yeah. or white cat right. on his lap and Max. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, I can remember also the the one other book that he influenced me was Ender's Game, and it was right, it was okay. one that he had been reading, and he just told me this probably might be a little bit too like adult or just a little bit too violent for you. Cause I think at that time, I feel like I was in seventh or eighth grade. So it's funny that he would even think that I wasn't like ready for it. (laughs) Cause there, I guess there are (laughs) some scenes where Ender fights people and stuff like that, but something about that was like the fact that he told me this wouldn't be for me. I was like, you know, I'm interested in this book now. (laughs) Fuck you, buddy. I want in. (laughs) Yeah. I want in. (laughs) Yeah. So that was definitely the one. And and I I do do remember like the main, the one scene, I think that I connected the memory of him telling me that was when, before he even goes up to battle school where he gets in the fight with like the kid in his elementary school or something Mm -hmm. like that, where they're monitoring the, the government's got these monitoring. That's right bots kind of like implanted yeah. in their brain they can see everything that's happening and he gets in a fight with a kid at right. recess or something like that and instead of he yeah up, right? he like puts him down and, and i mean he like that's he's not it. getting back like, up that kid is yeah dumb. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. that scene definitely resonates with me as like oh maybe that's why tom didn't think i was ready for this book right. yet <laughs> there's a couple yeah, others right. in there yeah but, no he yeah, that wasn't like a recess fight. I mean, Ender like Ender Ender made it so that kid wasn't gonna fuck with yeah. him man or anybody. He puts else. him down and that's yeah, it. Right. <laughs> that was And scary. I really I I think th- something about that character too just stuck with me and you know, if I ever yeah. was to get in a fight, I knew that that was what I would have to do. Not put him down for good, but like Make sure, you know, if you're going to no, swing, you, but, go out swinging. <laughs> yeah. I never actually had to. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, that's that's the difference between people that can fight and people that can't, right? Is you, if you're going to get in a fight, you can't be a hurt. You can't be afraid mm-hmm. to hurt a guy. Or get hurt. If you're afraid to hurt somebody or get hurt. But you can't be afraid to hurt somebody if you're going to if you're going to get in a fight. You got to make sure it's worth it. Yeah. Somebody. And that, it's got to make sure it's, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not an easy thing to do. Um. That's really dark and not topical, <laughs> but yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't have, I don't have, like, I want to say, like, there was an episode of Twilight Zone or something, or Battlestar Galactica, that was a big one, that got me into sci-fi too, that was huge back in the day, I was watching that when that was mm, new. That's cool. And it was just a slow burn into it, was it though? Was it really? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was cool, it was At cool. the time. Um, at the time yeah. it was cool, I fucking, I mean, I was a little kid, but my age, the age group was probably like fifth or sixth grade or something whatever however old that is mm-hmm. so yeah 10 or something. 11 maybe is when i started 11. probably started getting into it so yeah and then books came later books but movies and tv were very accessible yeah when you're a kid they're really accessible and i guess books are there i think it's like until you I get wasn't a reader when you I get younger. that influence from somebody usually an older figure where you're like man i want to yeah like, enter that world that they're they're just so engrossed yeah. or spending all of this time like looking at these pieces of paper. I want to know why. <laughs> why? What's mm-hmm. in that? I want in that club. Yeah. I had for me it was my buddy Jamil. He was a big reader. He was the one that hit me to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was like, You gotta read this book. And that was I think that's probably when I started reading. Huh. Like for real, not just for but like for fun, because it was like, Well shit, if Jamil's doing it. It can't be that bad. <laughs> like he's a cool dude. Like that's that's how so, 
All good yeah. things start. If he he's doing a, it, it can't be that bad. <laughs> he was a voracious reader. He was a voracious reader. He'd read a book in a night. And you'd be like, hey, check this book out. And he'd give it, come back to you the next day. He'd be like, yeah, it was pretty good. And hand you the book back. I was like, what'd you do? He goes, I just sat up all night. Damn. Like, God damn, dude. He did that on more than one occasion. He would just sit up and read a book in a night. It was pretty crazy. That's that's a real reader. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, he would. He would that's cool. Yeah. If you told him read a book, he read a book. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was, yeah, probably nine, 10, maybe. Yeah. Probably around nine or 10 is when I started getting the passion, the passion started. Yeah. So what, I guess kind of a offshoot of that question, what would your favorite, oh, this is also from Aaron. Um, uh, the several questions that we got from him are, are really good questions. So we're going to go over those in the next few questions that we go over but yeah basically if it's a good question yeah. it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> um but he says uh asks what's your favorite movie adaptation of a sci-fi novel or story that's a tough one right because there's a lot of adaptations of sci-fi and all there's a lot of shitty mm-hmm. ones um it's when i you go I got first. Googling, um, <laughs> but before I, well, I started Googling and then before I found the answer, I it, like something clicked in my mind and I came up with my answer, which is Jurassic Park. And I had to Google whether or not it actually um, counted as a sci-fi, but like if you Google yeah, is Jurassic sci-fi. Park sci-fi, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. tons of science, you know, yeah. in there and it's science yeah. and it's fiction. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's not, not space, space yeah. but it doesn't have to be space. I think, yeah, but that's, yeah, it's totally I think sci-fi. when you think sci-fi, for some reason, I always jump to space, but yeah, it doesn't have to be. Well, you jump to space, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. It doesn't, but that is, that's interesting, actually, right? Like you say sci-fi and everybody thinks like laser beams yeah. and shit, and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be in any and They way. always think that's Star Wars, but Star Wars, technically, I guess you, if you get, it's a Star Wars space isn't sci-fi. opera, so it's there's no it's science sci-fi. really. It isn't <laughs> science. No Star Trek. If you like sci-fi, mm-hmm. it's Star Trek, right? Like that's Star Trek is sci-fi. But that's what Star Wars is not. Everyone sci-fi. always clusters us under, it's so it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> but I was uh, yeah. Jurassic Park is my answer because it is. I was just trying to think of a lot of sci-fi adaptations just never quite make it or. Maybe they're ones that I saw later on. There's something about Jurassic Park to me. I never saw it in theater because my parents didn't let me. So my really? older two, my two older brothers, yeah, they went to go see it, and my parents were like, "Nah, this is too intense for you." Or like, you know, I, I don't know when it came oh, out. I'm thinking it was man. 1996. The movie came out. I might have to Google that. But yeah. I would have been if it was in '96. I would have been 10 years old. So they thought that it was going to, I don't know, destroy me or give me bad dreams or something like that. It was 93, so actually I would have been seven. Oh. So. Yeah, that's. Could have been a little. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, see, I, that's like right on. Yeah. If it was one of my, I've got three kids, two of them I would have been okay with, one of them I wouldn't have let see. I think it depends on the kids, and you got to just take your word for it that your parents, take their word for it that your parents know what they're talking Mm -hmm. about. And I think too, what did me in was like they were talking about it on the news at the time. I remember like specifically the yeah. T Rex scene where they're chasing Samuel in the Jeep <laughs> with his like one leg on it yeah. or whatever. He's all bleeding and stuff. And 
I think that was the scene yeah. where my parents were like, oh, the news is this scene where the T-Rex is chasing the Jeep is too realistic. And <laughs> I mean, right. even watching it now is like, God damn, those dinosaurs look great. <laughs> it holds up. It holds up. Yeah, no, they did a really good job with that. It holds up. They did a great it's just, job. Yeah, something special. Yeah. So that to me, I just I have fond memories because the funny thing is that as soon as it came out on video on VHS, it was like I, I definitely remember seeing it like renting it at Blockbuster. <laughs> so it was like I was old enough probably yeah, right. when I was yeah. eight, you know. <laughs> just that one right, extra yeah, year. Right. That's <laughs> And they had seen it too. Well, seeing it in seeing it in seeing it in a theater is different than seeing it at home. Mm-hmm. Also, right? I mean, like seeing it in a theater. I mean, it's loud and it's big. That's true. And at home, you're at home and you're in your safety spot. You know, like nobody's afraid of anything when you're on your own couch, right? Like that's that's funny. Huh. I didn't think about so, that. Yeah, that's kind of you know that's you have that safety there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and theaters are big and loud. You know, I mean, that's that's a hell of a thing. So. <laughs> Man, if the theater down the street from me, the theater down the street from me is finally opening back up. We're getting movies back. They're playing Big Lebowski later this Ooh, month. Nice. <laughs> and they're playing Jaws. Um, and Indiana Jones in the Temple of or, uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is playing. Dang. Some so, really good ones. <laughs> which, yeah, I know. Blaze is, well, clearly Blaze had never seen Lost Ark on the big mm-hmm. screen. So. I did. I got to see it when it came out, but I'm definitely going to go for that. And the Big Lebowski, I don't think you have to see on a big screen, but why yeah. would <laughs> Especially if it's you shown. Know, like, Who could pass up a chance know? with the yeah, dude? Like, I think, yeah. I mean, I think the Big Lebowski is a, mo- is a perfect movie to watch at home because it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be loud. You don't need the spectacle of the whole thing. And there's certain things that you can do at home to watch the big Lebowski to really enjoy the movie mm-hmm. that you can't really do in a movie theater. Well, you could do psychedelics but in a movie theater. <laughs> you could. You could. <laughs> no, I'm not, but you could. <laughs> but yeah, no, to, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, but why wouldn't you go see the big Lebowski in a big, big screen? Yeah, so that's nice. We're going to go that's see That's a that good too. selection. And then Jaws, I'm not sold on. I told, I told, I told Blaze he has to go see Jaws. So I may not go to the theater to see Jaws because I've already seen Jaws in the theater. You did? Wow. And it was good, but it wasn't great. Oh, yeah. No. I, I, wow. No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm saying I did, but I'm thinking I didn't. I think I saw one of the, one of the um, sequels. I don't think I saw the original Jaws in the theater. Oh, uh, man, you can't pass that up either. I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think I did. Maybe I, I don't think I can. I think I have to go see to that. To hear tune. that tune in theater with the bass. Yeah. Proper. Yeah. Well, I mostly I'm excited for Lost Ark, right? I mean, Lost Ark on the theater. Like, that's going to be awesome, especially the, just for the boulder scene. <laughs> God, I remember seeing that boulder scene the first time. That was awesome. Just on the edge so, of your But one seat. of these days, they'll show Jurassic Park. They'll show Jurassic Park down the street, and you'll have to fly in for <laughs> it. We'll go. <laughs> My favorite sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I need you. And we'll tell you, we won't tell your, we won't tell your parents yeah. you're coming. We'll just keep it on the down. I will be there. <laughs> My homeland. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, come home. That's to where right. You yeah. Well, tell me a That's... little bit about yours. <clears throat> My favorite movie adaptation of a sci-fi novel or story. That's tough. Um, I. It's interesting because he asks. Uh, 
two follow-up questions that go with this, and I don't want them to all be the same answer. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite movie adaptation of a sci-fi movie style? I'm going to I'm going to um, extend movie into television as well because I believe miniseries is a is a yeah equally equally decent. I was going to do that with the next part of this question and yeah so. <laughs> so yeah so I think my favorite movie adaptation of a sci-fi novel or story I think is going to be the BBC's version of it was a miniseries of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. They did a six-part series of the first book, first two books, book first book and a half, um, and it was really it was different. It wasn't a complete. It wasn't the novel, as a script. It was it was a little bit different. There was some pretty big changes hmm. in it. Um, that's mostly because he was writing the book as he was writing the TV. Series. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, so it was kind of like whatever but every adaptation of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is different there was a radio play it was different there was um or a radio drama it was different there the books were different uh there was a second radio play there was a dramatization that was different um the tv show was different than the book and then the movie that came out is different than all of those so they're all a little bit different but i think the tv show is probably my favorite because that was one of the things that got me into sci-fi that was one of the early digestible things oh i'm stupid (laughs) so going back to the first question watching hitchhikers was one of the things that got me into sci-fi because it was one of the things that was available i watched it along with Doctor Who. Ooh, nice. And I don't know why I didn't think of Doctor Who. Watched a lot of Doctor Who on uh, Maryland Public Television Saturday nights. Very late at night would show British sitcoms. And then very, very late would show Doctor Who. And that Doctor Who was instrumental into getting me into, specifically Tom Baker, was instrumental into getting me into sci-fi at a very early age. Probably that same same age group. I don't know why I didn't think about that. but um, Yeah, so that's my favorite. Because it's a little bit different. It's the same story, but it's a little bit different. And that showed me that we can have the same story, but it doesn't have to be exactly cookie cutter stuff. So I think that's probably my favorite. <laughs> that's cool. So what do you, <clears throat> Yeah. I guess, what memories do you, I guess that's pretty cool. The memory that you have of having to stay up late, like to watch Hitchhikers yeah. or to watch Doctor yeah. Who. I mean, like. Yeah. Well, Hitchhikers was there too. Hitchhikers <clears throat> was in the same. It came on right before Doctor Who. It's funny that back in, you know, then you, if you wanted to watch a show, you really had to, you, you either had to try to figure out how to <clears> tape <throat> it if you had a VCR and you could do that, or you had to stay up this and was, watch it. <laughs> and like that was. You had to stay up and watch it. Or this catch was, a repeat. This was before, this was before VCRs were common. This was even like before VCRs were <laughs> much of a thing. Like we, we certainly didn't have one, but most people didn't have mm-hmm. one yet. Um, and you did. You had to wait for it to come out. And it was also late enough at night that it wasn't listed in the fucking TV guide either because they didn't listen <laughs> after like 1130 or midnight. Oh, my gosh. So it was like, <laughs> what episode of Doctor Who's going to be on? I don't have any idea. We, there's no telling. The only reason I know it's on is because it was on last week at this That's point. too funny. So that was, <laughs> wow. I know. It's crazy, man. And we survived it. God damn it. <laughs> it was nuts. It was nuts. And there was no finding out about anything. Like you had to literally go to the library and look shit up on microfiche to try to learn about this shit or talk to your friends that knew something. And then once VCRs came out and became a little more common, mm-hmm. 
then you did tape trading then you started trading tapes and copies of copies of copies of stuff like that and then everybody got a little more filled in. <laughs> that's but yeah the early days the early days were <laughs> nuts dude it was like tracking it was kind of the same thing as tracking down discworld like we we knew it was a thing but we didn't know how to get it there was no like you just had to luck into it and tv was the same way that's how i found blade runner i've, I've told that story here just kind of i lucked into it and then kind of had to wait around for a couple of years to luck back into it and it was just <laughs> it was wild now you just stupid kids in your youtubes and your my spaces and you can find all the things in there right but i wonder how that'll affect people nowadays because i feel like their memories won't associate certain like genre or certain like uh properties you know with such nostalgia yeah. that we have you know like having to stay up late for doctor who or go to the lib library yeah. to find out more about Discworld or just Doing physical right. things to find out more, talking to your buddies or pals to find out more about properties. And nowadays it's like, oh, let me look up this show from 1942 and you can YouTube yeah, it. Let me, let me IMDB it. I can yeah. YouTube it and I can read the IMDB page and learn everything about it. I think it's yeah. just different. I think it's just, it's a thing that I'm not going to understand because I'm not of that generation. I'm Gen X and we had no computers and we had computers. Mm -hmm. So we're not computer illiterate, certainly. I mean, it's, but we had a chunk that, and I'm not going to understand what it was like to grow up having the always having all it, the time yeah, because always having it. I'm never going to be able to make that connection, and that's going to be that's going to be the generational divide between me and like the Zoomers, you know, or to the millennials to some degree. I mean, it's you know, millennials didn't have, you guys didn't have. I mean, you always had internet, right? As far mm. as you can remember, you've always had access to No, internet. I remember my parents, my mom tells the story every once in a while. It's funny. She, We won our first computer at the spring fling of our elementary school that we went to, <laughs> where we also <laughs> got our funny. cat, the white cat that I was talking about that sits on my brother's oh, lap for Lord of the Rings in front of the fire. <laughs> Max, yeah. she said right. that That's funny. Um, she won it in some sort of raffle. And it was the first huh. computer, and I re I can remember it was DOS and it loading up. We never had internet yeah. that I could think of on that computer, but we had. That would have been DOS. Was yeah, internet. we had the Muppet yeah. Babies yeah. DOS game and this game called Petome. <laughs> That's funny. Where you were like a little right. character jumping through uh, Egyptian pyramids, like trying to jump over people throwing oh, things at you and stuff. Right. <laughs> a little plat yeah. platformer. But that's what I, I can have fond memories of those two games, right. Muppet Babies. That's fine. <laughs> well, so you know, well, so you've had to compute. Well, okay, so you haven't been like with internet your entire life, closer than me, but not not yeah. your entire life. But you got the Zoomers have grown up with this, so it's just a completely different thing. And it's just I don't know if it's better or worse. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, like they have more info, but at the same time, it's yeah. just different. It's just, and it's different than my parents. My parents didn't have any of it, you know? Like, they had to just listen to the radio and no TV. Gary was around. My parent, my dad was around when TV started. Like, his <laughs> whole life, there wasn't TV his whole life. The beginning of his life, it was radio shows. Jeez. And then all of a sudden, it was like this TV. So that paradigm shift would have been essentially equivalent to growing up with internet before growing up without internet. Not equal, but 
sort of just how much equivalent, like, I think. Just kind of how much of a paradigm yeah, shift it is. How much hype what there was about so. the TV at that time. I know my dad said when he yeah. went to University of Maryland, they had like one or two computers on the entire campus and like you had to go to them and like rent the time and it was like an entire yeah. room in a library that was like one yeah. computer and it was like you put these cards yeah. into it and it would like spit out it like another pun- card or a punch cards. card that gave you like a computation yeah. or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. No. And then you have to take the cards out and then figure out. And yeah. Yeah. And it was basically just giant calculators at that point. It was a calculator that could do really incredibly hard math, but that's basically all they did was just calculate numbers. It's just so funny how far things have come, so, but yeah. well, we could talk on that for days. Let's get back to our <laughs> um, topic of at hand. So I guess in regards to, we just talked about our favorite movie adaptation, but what do you think is the best adaptation? Like best being in quotes, like what do you, what is the, uh, I guess this question is what is the best? And the next question is what is the truest, uh, the most, faithful. yeah, the most faithful yeah. adaptation. So see two, well, Favorite movie adaptation and best adaptation, I don't want to be the same. I want to make them different because it's two different questions. Mm -hmm. And best is in, like you say, it's in little quotes. That's a tough one because I don't know the best adaptation. Um, It's very like personal, I would say. Yeah. And like define, I need a definition of best. Best for me best in general best. what is uh imdb um, rate <laughs> yeah right yeah rotten tomatoes what's best on rotten tomatoes um yeah what's imdb quick i, <laughs> I may have um, the best adaptation i think it's going to be something older and more classic um I was not a big comic guy. I've never really been a big comic guy or a big superhero guy, but maybe like the original Christopher Reeve Superman. Wow. Okay. Like, I mean, right. I mean, that's kind of, but like the original one, like the eighties one, like the, like the, the OG shit from like, I think it was like 1980 or 82 or something, maybe something like that. Um, I think now it's really difficult to do adaptations that are any good because everybody wants love stories and everybody wants all these weird connections with people. And that's how you end up with the trilogy of the Hobbit. Which is <laughs> fucking abysmal, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's how you end up with that is that you have all these people that are like, no, you need this and you need that and you need this. But a long time ago, hey, I want to do this. And everybody's like, yeah, cool. All right, fuck, go. Yeah, do it. Here's some money. Go do it. You know, try to make some more money back. I think you had a lot more freedom back then. Now, you couldn't have women or black people into movies, <laughs> but you could make movies of stuff. So I think we've come a long way in some regards. But, um, and I'm not saying Superman specifically, but I think, I think I would argue towards something older rather than something new. Yeah. I think nowadays a lot of the newer adaptations take a lot of liberty and, with special effects, they just kind of get beyond what the initial, I think, author meant for a lot of the books. 
necessarily. Yeah, I think you end up. Yeah, I think you end up Michael Baying a bunch of shit, right? Just having <laughs> a bunch of visual effects just to have visual effects, right? Like you said, that was um, I Am Legend. You said was like that, right? It got really like the Will Smith one got really far away yeah. from the book, kind of just to sort of as Took like the a basic CGI idea. Wank fest. Yeah. yeah. So, and not that not that that's bad, but that's not that's not keeping into the adaptation. Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? I'm thinking something. I'm thinking it would be something older or classic. What are you thinking? <laughs> I was so originally like my first answers I had written down and then I crossed out and they were like more modern adaptations. It's kind of funny that you had mentioned like it has to be something older because I had written down Altered Carbon, which is pretty cool book oh. uh, by Richard Morgan but it's a Netflix adaptation right. I don't know if you've caught that yet I saw like the I, I saw the first episode of that and it didn't grab me immediately but I do know that it's it a was game. really neat like I, I actually have a fondness for the actor I, I don't even know his name but the guy that, that plays the main character in that show <laughs> he was um also in the AMC show the killing and he was in Robocop but I don't know. For some reason, I really like that guy. And I had that written down. Altered Carbon. It was a pretty awesome book, too. Like, just the idea right. um, of having, like, the – what do they call the the robots that they – like, sleeves or something like that? Oh, something like that. Like skins. skins or something. Like, you yeah. Get, you get, like, a new body or something. Like I say, I only saw, like, the first episode, and it was a couple years ago, and it didn't grab me at first. I think so I that didn't... book was actually on the original list that you had recommended to me back in the day. I think you're right. Now that you now that you say that, I think you're right. I think that is in there. I've, yeah. I'm pretty sure I remember that, because that's why I had written read that book. Right. But, yeah, it was, like, a about just, like, you basically have a USB hmm. stick that contains, like, your memory or your whole entire existence, and then you can plug it into different, like, sleeves or skins, and, right. like, or the rich whatever. people right. get, like, yeah. you know, better robot-type skins, and, like, the poor people can't afford sure. certain things and stuff like that. But I, I had crossed that huh. out. I also had written down The Expanse, which is a sci-fi series it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's um, adapted from, I think, James Corey's Leviathan Wakes is the first book, but there's a series, it's a uh, bunch okay. of different books um, called The Expanse, but the sci-fi series is great. I think there's six seasons now, if I'm correct. They just came out with the newest one, and Amazon Prime picked it up after sci-fi. I think it had the first few seasons, and then Amazon Prime picked okay. it up, like the last right three or four seasons pretty excellent but cross both of those out and then i picked do androids dream of electric sheep because <laughs> i really? thought that, that was a really <laughs> really good movie like I, I remember watching it back in the day but then i couldn't really remember i didn't have any memories of it like i knew i had watched it but and so right. then recently watching right, it after right. reading the book i just thought it was really well sure. done i thought yeah it's just something about it. It it's very faithful to an extent, but only so far. Um, right. And I just thought that it was great. I think the special effects. Well, still in the word, up. he uses adapt. He uses adaptation, not recreation. Mm-hmm. So they adapted that book. That's true. Yeah. 
I thought I I thought about that too, but I don't think that's the best adaptation. I thought it was really good. Clearly, I'm a massive fan. Clearly, well, clearly um, you like Superman more. <laughs> it turns out I'm a, I, again <laughs> not a superhero guy, but something like that. I think I don't know. I'd have to. I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know, and I have trouble separating best from favorite. I think that's a failing on my it's part. Tough like, to I to try to figure out what best means like you have to separate yeah. yourself from it and like that's yeah. and i have trouble with that because for me best is favorite that's what i thought yeah <laughs> like, that's it's hard to it, yeah so um definitely yeah that was that's actually what i had originally thought written jurassic park and then i crossed that I, out because i was like i can't have the same answer twice <laughs> right i actually i thought about one of the things i thought about was uh shrinking man I thought that was a really good adaptation. I thought, and we talked about that on that episode. I thought that was a really good adaptation of that book. I thought the way they, the the things that they had to change for the movie were completely reasonable. And it wasn't some giant, horrible, I, I did a really good job. So I think, that, and the only reason I'm hesitant to say Shrinking Man is because we literally yeah. just talked about it <laughs> like, like two weeks ago. That'd be ago. the easy answer. And I don't want to be accused of like, that's the only thing you, you, you're only saying that because you just thought about it. But I thought it was a really good adaptation. And I said that on the episode. So nobody can go back and say, no, you didn't. I did. I said on the episode, I thought it was a really good job. And I do think they did a really good job on that. I think it was great. I think the changes they made were important. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't filled with stupid narrative bullshit. And I, I thought it was really, really good. Still holds up, and it's still fun watch nowadays. Even though you know it was made back in the fifties. Totally, yeah. And I hope they don't remake it. I like if they remade it, it would be awful, right? I mean, it would just. Could you imagine how bad it would be if they remade it today? I think if you had the right director, and it wasn't a a true adaptation, but just taking the idea of like a guy that's shrinking. Yeah, but you'd have to have the right, not even the right director. You'd have to have the right producer and writer the right and all that yeah. studio because everybody else, everybody else, like look at The Hobbit, right? I mean, Peter Jackson is a great director for that genre, mm. but that didn't save his heart. The Hobbit, just wasn't in it at that you know? point. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was supposed to be Gilmero to begin with, right? Yeah, Del Guillermo Toro was supposed to do it, and then he ended up getting. He got shit canned for whatever reason. He's not a bad director. I mean, he's like, he's a fantastic fucking director. Mm-hmm. So it has more to do with the studios, I think, and the producers and shit like that. And the more the more money people you get involved, the more they want to contribute and try to make their money back because they see it as an investment, not as an art project. Yeah. So I think I think that's where, if it was an indie studio with some decent budget, maybe it would be good. But it was fine. Leave it alone. They don't have to remake it. They could just leave it alone, and it would be good. Because it's okay that it's in black and white, and it's okay that it's old. It doesn't have to be updated. Mm-hmm. Not everything has to be updated. Don't touch it. But that brings us into... Yeah, <laughs> just don't touch it. But that brings us into the most faithful adaptation. What do you think is the most faithful adaptation? And Aaron does point out that that's not always the same thing as the best adaptation. And I would agree with him that faithful is different than best. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I had thought that a movie that I've seen recently by Ridley Scott called The Martian is actually a really faithful adaptation of the book by Andy Weir, um, which I've 
recently found out you have not read yet or seen the movie. I have not read yet. <laughs> no, I have not. No. Nope. And uh, I think that might be in your future at some point. I, I suspect it is. <laughs> I suspect but it is. But it, it's uh, basically, you know, a, a guy, an astronaut that gets stuck on Mars and he has to just figure out how to survive. Um, right. He grows like potatoes or something. Yeah, there's... He's really good at growing potatoes. I mean, there's more. Clear, there's more more to it than that. <laughs> the potatoes are definitely part of yeah. the best, the best scientific knowledge that right. you gain from it. <laughs> right. But yeah, there's some really thrilling scenes, and I think the movie, like you said, with uh, the Shrinking Man, where the movie kept all of the best parts and just kind of dropped a few parts that weren't necessary. The 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 right. the movie for the Martian does the same thing without making it a four hour long movie. It it really is faithful to the book and um, really keeps the same feeling that the book has and like this same right. pacing cool. throughout. So right, that's nice. That's good. Yeah, I remember watching the movie like very shortly after the book, and typically when you do that, you're you just pick pick the movie apart even if it's a great movie you're just like oh why do they do this or why do they change that yeah but you're like that's not that's doesn't even make sense (laughs) yeah that's not Mm -hmm. my head canon that's not yeah no but uh adrielli my wife she remembers me specifically saying wow they really adapted like did this really good like stayed true to the book so that's awesome that would be my faithful my old faithful i'm gonna I'm going to, Aaron says sci-fi and all this, but I'm going to extend us out because we don't do do sci-fi. We do some fantasy stuff and we mm-hmm. do some other things. I'm going to say the most faithful, and this is me being a little bit particular about this. Most faithful to the book was The Princess Bride. <laughs> like The Princess Bride, if you've ever read, and now I will qualify this. There's two versions. There's the old book, but then there's the Princess Bride, the good parts book. And I think that's the actual title. And that's, that book is the one that was made into the movie and it's almost exactly line for line. Wow. I think it is, it is almost a perfect representation of that. <laughs> now, not the original book. The original book went into pages and pages and pages about the kingdom. Now I haven't read the original, original book, but apparently it goes into um, incredible detail about socioeconomic things and different kingdom things and stuff like that. And then somebody edited it out and made it, the book that got made into the movie, but it is a perfect adaptation. It's, it's almost perfectly line for, wow, that's fun. Like you're almost reading a, you're almost reading a script when you read that. So, and I know that's me being a little particular, but that's the most faithful I think. And then if I, if that doesn't count, (laughs) I'm going to say, um, which it should, because it's princess bride and that counts for everything. (laughs) Right. Like that's (laughs) so, um, the sci-fi channel, years ago did an adaptation of dune in a miniseries Hmm. and it was really bad effects and the acting was actually the acting was pretty good the effects were bad some of the sets were really bad some of the set designs were not great um but it was a really good retelling of dune um that is really difficult now hopefully (laughs) the new movie is going to do better but it was a really good faithful You've completely frozen on me. Are you there? Uh oh. Oh shit. Are you serious? <laughs> Damn, that was weird. 
That was weird. I totally, I don't know where we were with that. (laughs) (laughs) So you were talking about, well, I was talking about Dune at the sci-fi, but I don't know what happened to it. So I think you just started talking about Dune. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear anything about it other than that. You mentioned it. Right. That's funny. (laughs) Okay. Well, I really hope you guys have enjoyed our first part of the episode today. Uh, We ended up going a little bit long tonight, so we wanted to kind of split it up into two episodes and make sure that you guys weren't spending too much time with us because we know that could kind of drive you crazy. (laughs) might want to crash your car if you're driving or... Throw your computer at your <laughs> cubicle neighbor or something if you're at work. So maybe shoot a, a, a nail at somebody with your nail gun. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. yeah. We don't want to drive you too crazy. So we're going to split the episode up. We definitely have some more questions from Aaron. I had a few questions mm-hmm. for Gavin that I was going to throw in the mix. And I'm sure he had a few I've, questions for me. So I've got a couple. Uh-huh. I do have yeah. a couple. So we're going to... So end it here tonight and uh or today if you're listening to it during the day and we want to wish you guys a very (laughs) lovely week over the next week or two and we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks just with another few questions and answers so Mm -hmm. really hope and then and then after that geek love with alice that is true and geek love it was it's we're both knee deep in it um, almost like three quarters yes. of the way. Gavin's listened to it twice already, so I'm gonna have, attempt a double listening before we get into it. When is is a book by Catherine Dunn? So if you want to be up to date, mm-hmm. definitely make sure to check that out. Geek Love by Catherine yeah. Dunn for next two yeah. episodes from now. So two episodes from now, yeah, really fun. Yeah crazy book i <laughs> can't wait to start talking about it with book. you love it i love it. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be fun to talk about so cool excellent well thank you for listening mm-hmm. and uh thank you everybody even sarah for your questions of course and um <laughs> and uh we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks yeah sounds good this has been the hologram media club we'll see you next time later